Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Wednesday. It's the 17th of January, although we are recording this right now on Tuesday, the afternoon before. Uh, so we're going to bring Kat Kerr in here in just a few moments, but uh, this is Wednesday for you and welcome to the broadcast. Uh, we don't really have much in the way of announcements except uh, for you tomorrow. We have Jane Hammond on with uh, CI Christian International, which by the way is where I took my training 20, oh, about 30 years ago now. It's in fact, it's exactly 30 years ago this year in 1994. I took uh, my prophetic training through uh, Jane Hammond's school, his, actually her father-in-law's school. So that's who will be on. Jane Hammond is a good friend and a, a very um, prolific prophetic voice. So you're not going to want to miss that. So uh, Jane will be tomorrow. Let's run a quick reminder spot for uh, the wells that, that you are helping us drill in African countries. So without delay, here's that. Jaja Zaina and her great-grandchildren have gone their entire lives without clean water. They spend their days collecting dirty, unsafe water. They have been praying for a miracle and that prayer has been answered. Because of your generosity, a water well has been drilled near Jaja Zaina's home. Would you join us in providing clean water to the people of Uganda? Donate online at elijahstreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. I'm always blown away by how wonderfully happy and celebratory the people are. Every time they, they dedicate a new well, people come to the Lord. Many of these, uh, there were at least eight at one count, but there may be a lot more church plants than that. But uh, church plants that started simply because the wells were dug and that became a meeting place for some of the churches. So uh, thank you so much for your for your doing that. that. Your reward is great in heaven. And that's just a promise because that's what God said. And he said there's that, that scripture that says, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and he pays back with uh, good returns, good dividends. Uh, depending on, the, on the, the, the version of the Bible you read, but it basically says God will reward you through uh, because you're lending to him when you do that. So, all right, uh, time to bring on Kat Kerr. So here's Kat. Well, Kat Kerr, good to see you. You're looking good and chipper and bright and bushy-tailed and all of that. And it's, it's, let's see, it's kind of, it's like, it's almost 6 p.m., uh, isn't it? Because we're recording this in your after our afternoon, your evening, kind of. So, Kat, uh, talk to me. What's new in your life? What's new in my life is always going to be something about revelation. And um, it, it just always is. I mean, yeah. I, speak, I speak to the Father almost every day. Or he speaks to me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm walking all the time, you know, to heaven. I have communications going all the time. But every now and then, he'll actually come in person or Jesus will come in person. It's just part of my assignment that I have. And it doesn't make me feel any more special. People always wonder, what is that like? I don't take anything for granted. Whenever yeah. the father decides we're done, we're done, he's not done. And by the way, I need to let you know, he's not done with this earth. And he does remind me of that quite often. I'm not done with planet earth and this is not going to end until I say it ends. That's the father saying that. And actually, he's the only one who actually knows, according to the Bible, when Christ is coming back. Uh, not even Christ really knows when he's coming back. The Father knows when he's coming back. And that will be when he's done with everything. So let me tell you, it's not time to uh, get on your rapture rug and hope you get taken away. Put it in the closet. It's going to be generations before that even begins to happen. There's too many things that it, it's even the Bible has talked about that we're, we're going to do, he's going to do. And as he says to me, I'm not willing to give up the blessing I have for my son because of him going to the cross. So. 
You know, what anybody thinks, uh, it doesn't matter to me what anybody else thinks. They all have the right to choose. He doesn't force anything upon anybody. Devil does all the time. And uh, my favorite saying now is kick devil butt. And yeah. yes, we are going to have a doormat that says that. We've already got our other doormat in. We have our sampling that says, I don't do demons. We're, we're doing some tweaking on, on the image itself, and then we'll have them available. I'll be able to show them probably to people pretty soon. But we're going to add the other one, too, that says, I, I kick devil butt. Because to me, that's the best thing you can say. That could be a good hobby for anybody. And uh, that's like, you know, the devil shouldn't get away with everything he does. Right. He get away with it. Lie, steal, destroy. Oh, that pretty tells you right there. He doesn't care about anybody's rules or regulations. But he's terrified of the name of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ. He's terrified of the word of God, especially when it's in your mouth. He's terrified of how you live your life if it's according to what God needs you to do. He doesn't want anyone to live according to the word or to love God or even care about him. But but the devil is about to get kicked to the curb, stepped on. He is a doormat, by the way. It says Christ is going to put him under our feet. So I don't know what else you would call a doormat. Something yeah. that's your feet. So for me, that is good news. That is yeah. really good news that God is going to show in this time on the earth, this next season, and that's going to be a very long season that we'll be in, will reveal the glory of God, the fire of God, baptism in fire, the lightning power of God, the manifested sons and daughters walking on this earth, living on this earth, speaking to the land, the sea, and the air, which it talks about in the Bible, and it's showing that they do know Christ, that they are operating in his authority, and the things that will happen will be not just miraculous, they'll be stunning, they'll be amazing. Hell is about to hate this time on earth. They thought they were going to take over, but guess what? They're not. They don't get to take over now, not until, until that really happens, and it's not for now. What's for now is God to be shown who he is on this earth right now, doing miraculous things, new inventions and creations that you've never even thought of or heard of before will happen on this earth and that will change all of our lives. The other thing I wanted to talk about was congratulate Trump and how he did in the Iowa caucuses. Man, he won hands down in the Iowa caucus. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen every time they have one because he's the one God chose. I don't know how you feel about that, but I happen to be very happy that God had told me a long time ago that Trump would win. And he would say to me, he's an all-American boy who is all for America. We yeah. need somebody in charge who's all for America and against evil and wickedness and crime and all the other things that go along with it. And the punishment that's about to start to happen to, uh, you might as well just include the left, the liberals, the evil, wicked people who are colluding with hell. And yes, some of them actually are really colluding with hell. And that's why it's been so hard and so bad for people. And I can tell you that uh, I know that they have a lot of substitutes come in. I know that I call him the B person because I don't think he deserves any kind of a title whatsoever since that election was stolen in 2020, and it was stolen. And the other thing I want to say is one state after another is recounting the ballots from 2020. And the ones who've done it so far, everyone has found that Trump won in that state. Yay. What the left is thinking right now, they should be shaking in their shoes right now. They just had another state prove that Trump won in that state. And so I'm very excited about that happening. The proof is coming. And now it's even being spoken of in the news. They've already mentioned that in the news itself. And I remember when the father said, when this, this landslide of fraud exposure really begins, they will have to say, even in the fake news, what is happening, because people won't believe the fake news anymore when they see these things coming to light and the prosecutions that are going to start from that. So I have to say, those are probably the two, the most important things I had to share. But I did, did, did get some, uh, I get information all the time from Don Jr. And they do know that Trump has heard some of the things I've said before because God said it. It wasn't me. It was God saying it to him. And I just want to know God's not giving up on anything yet. And as long as Trump doesn't, Trump's still going to get his other four years that is due him. And That's then, really good. The elections, it may or may not happen to the elections, but I will just say this uh, from heaven's mouth. Trump will have four more years, no matter what anybody thinks about it or wants to see it happen, it will happen. Because he did win the 2020 elections. Most normal people already know that. Okay, you can't win an election with a handful of people. I don't care who you are, unless you cheat and steal and create things that aren't true 
But since they've decided to do the state-to-state recount of those ballots, they are finding the truth that they did steal or try to cheat that state because Trump did win the state. And I think the more that that happens, I don't know what their plan is going to be, but um, I think they may try to replace, you know, the V person. I'm not sure that's not even going to help them at all. Some of them will ever even recover, really, not according to what the father had said. The crime and the evil they've been into and trying to force it upon us. We, the people, are fed up. And I hear that over and again. They are fed from having things crammed down their mouth, forced in their hands, things taken away from them, stopping jobs, stopping all kinds of things, taking our, our gas supply and oil supply away from us. So we have to depend on other foreign uh, places, probably things that they have already got contracts with. But they're going to lose all the contracts. They're going to lose everything they've been trying to do over the last few years. And I can tell you that that is truth. Truth is what we need to hear. The truth, believing the truth and knowing the truth, that makes you free, not the lies and deception that's been happening. So I can just tell you, I will not change what is being said. And you will one day see celebrations in the street. When that whole thing is flipped, and that's what God calls it, when it's flipped, you will know it has changed. You will know things are going to get better. And that's what the Father is saying from heaven. So not just the Father. I hear the same thing from Jesus Christ. I hear the same thing from Holy Spirit. That they do have plans that are about to happen in this earth. And he said, no man, no entity, no group, nothing on this earth can stop from happening what they have already got planned. And no one's going to steal anything from Jesus Christ as his reward for dying on the cross. And so, therefore, those things will still remain. And you'll see many things change. And you'll be glad for not just not just you, but the generations coming after you. God has plans even for your children, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Yes, wow. all of them. He's sending more prophets to this earth than he ever had before. Which is why the enemy wants to get rid of all the babies. He doesn't want someone to come along that might cause him problems. It's too late. It's just too late for him. He can't change anything anyway. You know, he's a loser. He always has been a loser. And those who follow him are losers. And that's exactly what will happen, all of you. And you hear me all the time say, repent while you can. Get with God while you can before it's too late. And you have waited too long for anything else to change for you. You don't want to end up in hell. Hell is not a place that you would want to be in. Nothing is rewarded. No rewards are given to anyone who comes to hell. It's just torment night and day. And you don't want that. And I wouldn't want that for anybody either. I was shown hell. I didn't even like it. And I wouldn't even go there. You know, I was going to ask you that today. As a matter of fact, that was one of the questions. Um, While you just said that, would you take a few minutes? And it looks like you were starting to anyway. but, But just expound on what God has shown you about hell. Uh, and did, he, did, did you just see it one time? Did he take no. you back a couple of times? And why did he take you back more times than one? I mean, I I would have said, show me once and not again, Lord. What? No, he did show me. He didn't show me um, all of them in the beginning or at one time. He did space it apart. But he would take anything out of me that would have caused me grief or torment or anything to happen in my soul. He didn't allow that to even better. You have the memory of what I saw. And it's a horrible place. There are gates. The Bible talks about the gates of hell. There are gates. There's massive serpents twined around the gates. There's fire, fire that would hurt you. Um, there's all kinds of demons waiting. There's greeters waiting. They're not good greeters, let me tell you. They are not. They're horrific looking. They can't wait to drag you in there. They don't care how evil or wicked you were for Satan. You're still going to get tr- tortured and tormented, probably worse than the others. I think I mentioned before that I did see Hitler on a meat hook. Yeah. A real meat hook hanging in heaven and that's where he ended up with all the evil and wickedness and the harm he did and the millions he killed that was his reward that's what he got he's hanging in hell on a, on a meat hook. wow and is the cat do you, when you saw there you know sometimes it's described as outer darkness sometimes it's unquenchable fire is it more of one than the other or is it just- i think there's different many ways that they torment you in hell um, there's these, they even have created these, um, pathways that you can run down. You think you're going to escape and you end up into places where there's even worse torture than there was where you were at. I do know that they have a crypt made out of stone and they'll throw people in there. And I don't mean this to harm children or anything, but I'm just telling you the truth. You asked me, 
And yeah. they have spikes on the inside of this crypt. So when they close on the people, it is their spiritual body, but they're in a spiritual realm. Hell is not a natural realm. You can look mm. all your life and you never see it. It's a spiritual place made with spiritual stuff. So you will be in your spiritual body. Your soul is in your spirit. You can't separate them. People say, well, the soul sleeps. Um, the soul never sleeps. Your soul is awake all the time. You can even feed your soul at night by playing the word of God. I encourage people to do that. Playing really beautiful, precious music from heaven or about heaven or just things about God himself. You feed your soul that way because you're sleeping. Your body has to sleep. Your spirit man is never asleep. It never sleeps. It doesn't even have to sleep in heaven. And your soul will be always in your spirit man because your soul is your mind, what you think about, your will, what you choose, and your emotions, how you display what you're going through. So you wouldn't have much of a good time in heaven if your, if your soul wasn't in there. You couldn't choose things. You couldn't decide what you like or where to go. You couldn't be doing that. You couldn't have to show all your emotions of worship to God and things like that if you didn't have your soul. So your soul is not sleeping. So when you die and go to hell, your, your spirit man with your soul goes there. In the spiritual realm, you feel every bit of the torture, all the pain, and they'll put you in this crypt and have things crawling all over. You can't see it as like utter darkness. It's utter darkness. And there are other, other places in hell that are like that, but there's also places where you burn. Uh, burn, burn, burn. Wow. Far away wow. From there's worse things than that that I don't want to mention because I don't want children here. But there's sure. they have dinners and uh, it's you. I'll just say that right there. You're say the that dinner. again. Say that again. It would be the dinner. The dinner. Yeah. So it's yeah. like cannibalism in yeah. hell. Well, um, I don't want to say any more than that. Absolutely. Okay. This, this, the torture thing is forever. It doesn't stop. Uh, after that takes place, your your spiritual body comes back together so they can do it over and over. No matter what torment you get in hell, whether it's the crypt or the fire, and there's other places that are like frozen beyond imagination. And it's not ice, something else that they use, but uh, I saw many places. Oh, I saw these pathways, and people go down, and you could hear the screams. I mean, it's really horrible. You don't want to go to hell. There's no reward. There is no reward. There's no food. There's no way to have relief. You never get to rest. They won't let you. Now that, you see, so your spirit man and your soul still feel things. That's why in heaven, you can smell the flowers, experience all the beautiful stuff there because you're, you're in a spiritual realm. But this realm is for blessing, for, you know, heaven. Heaven is for blessing, for new things to see, experience. You can have fun up there. It's amazing the time you spend with your family, those who were your family. The times you can do things with Jesus or with the Father, you know, all of it's overwhelmingly beautiful, wonderful. You get undone about how it is. But the same thing about the torture in hell. You're going to feel it. You're never going to escape it. You can't stop it. There's nothing you can do about it. Make sure you get saved, people. Get saved. Receive Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. He's the only one that can forgive them because he's the only one who paid the price. And he paid that price knowing it was going to be awful. He knew it would be. And yet, remember in the garden when he said to his father, if it's possible, let this pass from me. And yet he knew it wasn't. He knew he had to drink the cup of everything evil, everything wicked, because that stuff, all the evil, and all the sin that he carried to the cross so he could be crucified. So no matter who received him and the forgiveness of the sins from him, he could do it. That's why he can do it. He paid the price for that. And he wants to. The Bible says even the vile sinner can be free. If they want to get saved and born again and receive Jesus Christ. But Satan is a real good deceiver. He lies, cheats, steals, and he'll do anything he can to get you on his side. And he wants your soul. By the way, you can't sell your soul to the devil. You give it to him. Oh, wow, you, you do it. Wicked and evil and wicked and evil and wicked. But even at the last moment before somebody dies, before you die, this natural body, you can at any time say, I don't want this anymore. I hate this. I don't want anything to do with the darkness. I want to repent of my sins, Jesus Christ. And I've heard of people, as they were dying, all they did was scream out, Jesus, help me, Jesus, save wow. me. Wow. As, they were, as they were getting ready to go in. As they were getting ready to die. Wow. Because they had already had things appear in the room that were coming after them. Um, you, know, I, you know, I was raised in a harsh environment. And so when, when, I, start, when I learned to receive Christ in the, the good things that God has promised. That's how I got really got saved. Yeah. But I've heard, especially like in the 1800s, 
they would scare, to use an expression, they would try to scare the hell out of you and tell you about fires and brimstone. And I'm thinking maybe from God's perspective, he doesn't care how you get saved as long as you don't. He doesn't want you to have to go to hell. Real, he doesn't care if you're sincerely repenting. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Yeah. And I do know people, they did do that. They did do that. They would tell them things and stuff like that to to maybe scare it out of them. But yeah. today's a little bit different world than it was back in that time. Although I think there were times you know, things were happening in a smaller in a smaller way. But in this time, uh, Satan actually is and on purpose going to certain people and trying to make deals with them for their life and what he will give them in exchange. Like he did of Jesus on the Mount. Remember on the Mount of Temptation when he was trying to tempt Jesus to follow him and to deny who he was or who God was. And of course, Jesus uh, answered him with the word of God. That was his answer to him. And then he left and then Satan left and he just left him. And the angels were there, there. They comforted him and made sure he got to eat. Because he went up there, he was hungry. He was hungry, he hadn't eaten or anything like that. But when he came back down from that mountain, they made sure he had food, he had sustenance, he had something to drink. So he does know what that is. He knows what that's like. He in every way has suffered yeah. as every person ever has. But especially when he died and the torment he went through on the way to the cross. The cross was horrible, but all the torment on the way there was probably even worse than dying on the cross. Yeah. You know, he could have lived forever on that cross. They couldn't really kill him. They wanted to, but uh, he actually released his own spirit from his own body. He released it so that it would go. And uh, he knew that he had to. He knew I mean, he said, he said, no one takes my life from me. Uh, I give it. And he, he wasn't being poetic. He was being no. actual. He was, he was actually very saying, accurate and very truthful. He gave it up. It even says he gave up his ghost. That means his spirit man. He gave the spirit man up from his body. And that at that time, he did die. And then, of course. So both Jew and Gentile, you could say this is true. Both Jew and Gentile tortured him. That's right. But none of them killed him. He, took, yeah. he gave up his life yes, intentionally. Did when it was time and not before. That's right. Which is interesting because he had to allow himself to be to suffer until, you know, it's known, of course, that Psalms 22 is, is are the words that Jesus quoted, some of them out loud on the cross. That's right. You know? And then he must have known when he had said the last scriptures and when he had taken the last blow, it would have been interesting. His father appeared to leave him can you explain that for a moment? Did his father? Yeah, his father didn't see him for three days. No. What about on the cross, though? What about on the cross? Did the father turn away, or did he just feel like his father turned away? No, his father turned away. Okay. He had seen on his own go through this. He had to go through on his own. He couldn't, people go, well, God helped him. The father was there. He made the decisions for him. He told him what to do. No, Christ himself had to be willing, even though he couldn't hear. And so therefore he knows what it's like. Yeah. You need help and you're desperate for the help and there's no one to help you. And that, that wasn't done purposely to punish his son at all. That was to show his son. He had everything he needed within himself to complete what he was going for because Christ knew that he would be back. I mean, he was he was told by the father he would be back. Yeah. He knew he would be back. He knew that on the third, he did know that on the third day he would be resurrected. He knew that before he went to the cross. He knew it. The father had talked great detail, great in great detail with him about what this is going to mean. And Christ had to decide before it all started. And he knew from the moment those guards came. That, that was the beginning of what he would go through, all those things like that. And he said that he, he, he was down the price what he had to go through. But then he told him the price he paid would, would, would bring millions to know the truth, and millions would be rescued, and millions would be. I mean, he had said a lot to his son about this. So that's why the father knew what he was saying. The father sent the cup. Where do you think the cup came from, people? Yeah, you know, I always thought that, again, we always thought, I always thought that was a symbolism. Let this cup not 
pass from me. It's like, this is a cup of my suffering. It's poetic. You're saying there was a cup, a literal cup brought to him. The angels, the two angels that were in the garden when he was playing, brought him the cup. Two angels, two two of the closest ones to him in heaven. And by the way, uh, I'll probably be slammed for this. Why would I care what man thinks about me? (laughs) I know what the fathers told me. As a carpenter, when he was learning the trade, you know, God even picked Joseph, even picked Mary to raise his son. And Joseph was a master carpenter, well-liked in the village, honored by everybody because they didn't have crummy houses and crummy furniture. It was this master carpenter named Joseph who became engaged to Mary. Uh, this was all set by God. This is how it would happen. So that he would have the right person to raise him in that trade, in the trade of master carpentry. Jesus was a master carpenter. And every carpenter has a mark they use, just like a jeweler has a mark that recognizes who they are. And so Joseph was teaching Jesus how to make implements for the home. Like he taught him how to make plates, these cups, these beautiful cups, some of them very beautiful, um, so that they could sell them in the market. That's what Joseph did for a living. And so he taught Jesus this trade. And Jesus wasn't some skinny little thing you see sometimes. They, they need to pick some buff guy that plays that part because Jesus used to lift whole trees. And they would take them and they would mill them so they could use the wood to make these out of. So it wasn't like I just sat there and tinkered with a few tools. He actually lifted everything. He was very strong, a very strong person. But he learned to trade well. And Jesus has picked even now in heaven. If you go to your mansion, this is just a tip. You go on your mansion, look at the different things that are made there. If you see a little cross etched in that wood, Jesus Christ made that for you personally. Whoa. He chose the cross, and nobody better say the cross don't matter anymore. That's his carpenter's mark. Wow. He chose that as a mark before he went to the cross. Were you starting to say something about the cup? Where, where did the cup yeah. come from? He just made that cup. Okay. Wow. You know, it says in the Bible he would go to the mountains to see his father. This is where he was growing. He goes to the mountains to be with his father. So he was able to be with him while he was growing. And so when he got to the point where he was making these cups, really nice cups, it was a perfectly formed nice cup, but it was made out of wood. It didn't have jewels on it. I saw that cup one time when I was taken back and saw so many things that happened in the Bible that that cup was given in heaven. Because when Jesus met with his father one time, he gave him the cup as a gift. That cup that Christ made is what the father chose and put everything evil in it that would be that would be annihilated on the cross, that would be annihilated by the blood of Jesus Christ. Every sin was in that cup. Every evil, wicked act was in that cup. No matter what it was, if it was evil and wicked, or any kind of a sin, diseases, all, all these things, mental illness, uh, uh, demonics, it was in that cup. Demons weren't in that cup, but all the stuff that all of them would do was in that cup. He put everything in that cup that would have to be annihilated by Jesus Christ, so he couldn't say, I forgive you for that. So that cup was sent to the garden with these same two angels that were, what were there. They were sent to him. They were sent to him in the garden. They attended to him when he was in the garden. And they gave him the cup to drink. Is this what the scripture says when it says he became sin for us? When he drank that cup, all of his sins are suddenly in him completely. Right. He's carrying it. He said he must have even then had these every evil temptation going through his brain. He, or what? Temptation. he wasn't tempted because he didn't do anything. Right. To cause that to happen. See, he I didn't see. reach out to have it. Okay. He was a carrier to destroy them. Okay. He had to be the perfect, sinless sacrifice. You couldn't say he was sinless, Steve, unless he was sinless. See, well, when he, right. did, he was sinless. He was carrying that stuff to the Well, and what I meant was, I didn't mean he was therefore sinning. I meant yeah. maybe he was having these temptation thoughts. You, you know, the enemy was coming in him, he didn't want it in him. But if he didn't drink it, he would not be able to carry it in himself. He was what God used to take sin to the cross. So he didn't die on the cross just so he could die. 
Yeah. He's on the cross to annihilate those sins. And yeah. any sickness and disease. Any, any and, of And I, I have heard teachings when I was a young man that says if the, only Adam and Eve had done such and such, if only we had carried our, our responsibilities, if only we had done kept these laws, and then they, they'd say, oh, if, 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 then Jesus wouldn't have had to die. Jesus always had to die before the creation of the world, right? Yes, he did. It was, it was done. He so knew the future yes, that, he did. that it was decided before he ever created the world, this is how he would redeem man, which is very like a brain twister for which is, us. Which is why, I, I guess I've seen so much revelation, I just, I just live there. I just, I live there in what they show me. That is truth, and I know it's truth. But it wasn't just that he had to carry it, Steve. He had to become flesh. He had to be willing to give up the whole self he always was. He was all spirit, like his father. Holy spirit, no flesh. He had to be willing to change his appearance. Because Satan didn't recognize his flesh person. He didn't know who he was. He kept wanting to find out who he was. You know, maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's this. Maybe he's that. And uh, no, he was the son of God. And he had to be willing to take flesh on his body, be raised from a little baby on up, just like any of us. So he had to be willing to put flesh on. He had to be willing to live among men. A lot of them not so good, right? He had yeah. been raised by Mary, who was his mother. And so he was actually sent. Now we're showing this too, and you'll find out when you get to heaven. So it don't matter what you think about it. The Holy Spirit took Christ. Took Christ. And then he became a seed. And it says he was planted in the womb of Mary. The Holy Spirit brought him. I even heard conversations. I was taken back in time. And I heard conversations of the Holy Spirit speaking, speaking to Christ as he was bringing him down to the earth to be planted. The Holy Spirit hovered over Mary. And he planted that seed in her womb. Yeah. And that seed, because what does it say? It talks about the seed, right? The seed of Mary. It talks about it, people. That was brought by the Holy Spirit. That was a, that was a divine act of God. Talk, what do you mean right there? You just you were making a point. You said it talks about it. What are you referring to? It talks about it. Where? The Holy Spirit was talking the whole time to Jesus. Oh. The Holy Spirit was bringing him. The Holy Spirit brought oh. him. We're married. Oh. As, as he's bringing him to plant him as a baby. Yes. I was he wondering how that. He was a seed. And that. Well, I mean. Okay, that seed grew, the seed grew. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. Okay, because there was no conception by man whatsoever. Right, right. And then that dot of little dot of flesh that was Christ, that little dot of flesh was attached to the womb of Mary, but he still could have conversation with him until once that was done, he had to grow and begin to understand who he was. He did at one point know who he was. Obviously, when he was in the temple talking to all those priests. And given them revelation they never heard before, he knew at that moment when Mary and Joseph came back and said, Why have you done this? Why did you believe? He said, I must be about my father's will. Yeah. Yeah. So at that age, he knew who he was. I was, I had written down that I, uh, we're actually hitting some of these things that I had pre written down. So I know God's guiding this. But I had wanted to ask you, and I wrote it down about did. Did Jesus get to visit heaven many, many times when he was growing up? I know he went to the mountain, so I, I and now you said he saw his father there, and his father would come visit. But I know that he visited heaven. Say again. I don't know that he did visit heaven in that time. He did not. You don't think? I do not think that he did. I think that his contact was with his father yeah. uh, when he would go to the mountains to be with his father. That's not in heaven. That was on earth. So he was down here, he was being trained here in the earthly realm. There, there came one point in his life, all of his memory came back. He knew who he was. He knew what heaven was. He knew that's where his father was. He knew, he knew that. He came to a point where he knew he was, the, and he even tell, what does he tell Peter? This is who I am. He knew. He remembered yeah. all, so all that was brought back to him. Yeah. And so, uh, but but some people, one day we'll make a movie. We are absolutely going to make a movie of this. We are absolutely going to make one. 
Yeah, and he would always say, I only do the things I see the father doing. So he would go to the mountain. His father would show him. He said, I do the things I see the father doing. So there had to be some seeing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that he didn't show him things there. Yeah, he just did it down here on the mountain, let's say. He showed him a lot of that before he came down here. I see. Okay. Okay. And I know that. I know he did. And then he, he, and then he remembered. Okay. This is what's going to happen. This is who you'll be born to. This is your. He already knew his life that he would live when he was on the earth. He knew already before he left that he would have to die on the cross. That was known. He knew that. He knew it. And um, let me jump back uh, to the back to the cross where we were talking about because I put a pin in that. He had to suffer alone. The father turned his back, uh, turned away, however we say that. And with even without the Holy Spirit, he had to. Of course, he was, was he then at the, he was still every bit fully God and fully man. He never lost that, right? Wasn't he still? No, never never so, lost. So he, he, so he never lost that. Because when we were taught, again, my tradition, which I won't even name anywhere, I'm tired of naming it, but but they had said, you know, and, and that Christ had to suffer alone. And so, therefore, you in the last days when during the great tribulation, you will have to stand. Here's a quote. In the sight of God, uh, in the sight of God without an intercessor. In other words, you have to go through those trying days. The intercessor, the Holy Spirit, that's what they mean. Without the Holy Spirit. He will be taken away, and you will have to stand. No human being ever has to fight the battle without that uh, the spiritual battle without the Holy Spirit, right? If you're if you're saved, you will never have to stand without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will not leave the earth until the Father tells him he has to leave the earth. No, he is here. He was sent for us yeah. to guide us, to help us, to teach us things, to show us things to come. It's very clear what it says in the Word. As long as we are on this earth, as long as there's a believer on this earth, Holy Spirit will be here. He yeah. will be here. But even Christ, when Christ was on the earth, as he got closer to the age 33 or whatever, he began to have encounters with angels. He did have encounters with angels. It wasn't just his father. But up until that time, he could hear the father. He could hear him. But he did have encounters with angels like he did in the... Um, he, he in the, when he was in the garden, the angels came. They brought him the cup. They comforted him after he drank that cup. Uh, they knew he didn't want it, but he had been told about that in heaven. He knew that was going to happen. See, he didn't just send him down here with nothing. Yeah, the father was very clear because this was his son. He wanted to know without any question. This is why, and he was allowed to ask questions to the father. He was allowed to ask him questions. That cup, you know, they always make these movies and everybody wants to get the Holy Grail. And by the, that, they mean the Last Supper, uh, whatever you co would call that, the Grail. Yes. What is there? Um, did God preserve these elements? Did he preserve? I mean, I'm sure that cup that Jesus made is going to be preserved somehow. Was I'm there, sure it was preserved because, number one, it was the Father's. Which one? Which cup are you referring the one to? He out of in the garden. That was the father's because he had given it to the father. He gave it to the father as a gift because he made it with his own hand. Oh man, I can't even believe the father pouring it somehow. I happen to know that very much. Yeah. And actually, the movie I'm still rewriting. I don't, they haven't done anything about it yet, but that doesn't matter because we'll do our own version of it one day. But um, that was one of the things I kept saying. You know, you what? can't. That 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 was the cup that was given to him. That cup was the one that Christ gave to the Father. He was his Father. He that would be him. like the Holy Grail, but God wasn't going to leave it here on the earth for some everyone to. No, I don't him. think so. I don't. I don't. I think he would have preserved. I would think he preserved it. It was already in heaven. It was already his. I tell you what, he knew Christ knew where that cup came from. Yeah. He, knew, he made it. He saw his handiwork on it. Well, number one, nobody else could say, well, I did that and just fool you. Did you actually get to witness, because God took you there, if I understand it right, or at least he showed it to you, did you get to witness him downing what was in the cup? Did you see it? 
You know what I mean? Did you actually watch that happen? I did see him with the cop. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And somebody actually painted a picture of a cop that looks exactly like that cop. Really? It was simple. It wasn't anything grand. It didn't have any gems in it, but it was perfectly made. I think it was probably the smoothest thing. It was It was not massive. It was probably about this big. And it was stem on a stem. It was about this big. But, and, and was, was that part of the plan? Did he make that cup knowing that's what would happen with it? No, no. Okay. Oh, man. No, Steve, because this is the thing. He had to know that was from his father. He had to know that was something someone else didn't, wasn't trying to fool him, saying this is what's in here. Oh, you know, I see. So in order to preserve that, truth christ made it he knew that was the one he made he knew he gave it to his father and when these two angels appear and say here's the cup that you must drink he knew instantly that was the truth he knew it came from his father he knew he made that for his father so he had to drink that out of the cup he made oh man i mean it's like it's like i can kind of not being able to contain this right now but i mean I just can't even sort he, of. He felt the same way. What's that? He felt the same way. He knew that he would drink stuff. He knew he would drink stuff out of cup. He knew it. He knew it. Or he would have said, no, take that away from me. No, he knew he would do that. He knew he would carry it. He knew that. It wasn't kept from him. His father showed, he had to share clearly, completely, this is what you will go through. This is what's going to happen. This is what you will have to do to pay this price. I need the sinless lamb that was Christ, his own begotten son. Wow. And his son made that. He had to take a gift his son made and chose that to put it in it. So he knew when he sent it, he knew his son would know that's what it was. Yeah. And it's like it. He also left his past from me. He He said that. Yeah, he did. In this cup, I know my father sent it. I know what's in it. I know what this will do for everyone else in, in, that ever lives. But, 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 do I want to do? Man, but it says, not my will, will, but your will. And that word "will" is so important. When we choose to do things with our will, we're serious. We're serious about it. He chose once. He chose with his will. It was just done. It was done. He chose with his will to do. Chose with his will. It will be done. So he drank the cup that was the Father's will. He drank it. Can we go? It's just, it's just what they do to me. When, when he, uh, when he, he said it's finished, and suddenly, I guess he's in paradise, and instantly, in some sort of glory—not the ultimate glory, but in some sort of a bliss that with his power but you're saying while he was beneath uh in, in the tomb his body was in the tomb he was in paradise at that point his father still was in no contact with him during that three-day period is that what you, you were saying what'd you say you see anything in the word that says he was with him i think no it doesn't say the god was with him i mean he still had to face hell well, I've asked that question before, so and then I was now I'm getting understanding. At a point, at a certain point in time, he melted Satan's minions within and, the three days. Within that three days, and his father was just not part of that. No, he had to do all of it without his assistance, without his help. He'd already shared with him what would happen. That Christ had to still do it himself. I see. It couldn't be the father did this. He was the sacrifice. Yeah. So then he drank the cup, it sealed it. It sealed that he was going to do this. And so people who don't, they don't. And let me tell you, if you've never suffered in any kind of way, you don't know what you just don't know what it was like. If you've ever suffered from things, you can actually tell people I've been through that. I know what that's like. Your heart is just your heart goes out to them. That's why Christ reaches out for as many as he can get. He paid a price for them. No one else could pay. 
and he was willing. But when he descended, when his spirit, when his spirit descended, people think he just went back to heaven. No, he didn't. He descended into Abraham's bosom. It says that because on the cross, that same day that he died, he told the thief, today you will be with me in yes. paradise. Right. That's not heaven. That's Abraham's oh, Right. Spirit. No, I, absolutely. That was not heaven. That's it was, Abraham's, Abraham's bosom, also known as paradise. Yeah. And he probably was there about the time of one day, and he greeted Abraham, he greeted Isaac, he said hello to Joseph. I mean, he ate with them at one point while they were down there. He, he saw the thief and said he was very happy that he got and he made it there. Because he told the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. That's down. That's not going into hell. He crossed over from Abraham's bosom by himself because he had the power to do it. A great gulf was between Abraham is bosom. If you picture the earth, I'm going to draw all these. After you're going to see it in book three. I'm working on book three. There's 24 illustrations. And it's my last book on heaven. Revealing heaven, book three. And you actually see a picture of Abraham's bosom. Yeah. I was taking there. I, I saw Abraham's bosom. He crossed over of his own accord by himself. Nobody had ever done it. Not in the history of time or anything. He crossed from Abraham's bosom when he was done. He knew he had to go to hell next. He went and crossed over to hell himself. And they were quite shocked to see him there, actually. Because they thought, well, we can get him now. Well, they didn't get him when he, he descended. They didn't get him. And they didn't have the ability. They, hell, could not cross over in Abraham's bosom. There was no way they could do it. And Abraham's bosom could not cross over there. It said he couldn't. So his first kind of supernatural act was to cross over to hell, and he stood there at the gate. I think they were kind of afraid to do anything in the beginning because they hadn't gotten him the second he died. They didn't. They wouldn't collect him at the cross. They couldn't do that. And then when he showed up there, that's when they, from that moment, they had him in hell until the third day. And on that time that passed, what passed, um, Satan began to understand, well, in his mind, he can't get him. His dad isn't strong enough to rescue him. So we have him. We have him. And so he started calling in the principalities and powers from around the world. The principalities and powers are some of Satan's highest demonic beings. And they sit on thrones around the world. Not on the earth, but up in the air. Really? He called them only because he made a decision. He was going to have a show of his own. Satan did. He was going to have a big show. And let all of his lower, whatever, watch him torment the Son of God. I think the torment that he felt more than anything was not being able to communicate with the Father. And all the horror, the stuff that he saw that went on. Of course, he knew what went on there anyway. That probably was the main torment. They were saving him for on the third day when he could get all the hierarchies in from around the world and have them sit there. I know that he made the other demons go back behind them. And they weren't happy because I was shown what happened. Well, if you're a revelator and God says, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to have you come, you're going to reveal heaven, you're going to reveal things that happened in the past, things that will happen in the future, whatever out of the word of God I choose for you to see with your own eyes, you will see that. This is one of the things I saw. I saw him. I saw him. And when I saw him, they had him standing there, had his wrists tied, and he was standing there. He wasn't saying anything. He wasn't saying anything at all. And here's all this big circle of things in the inside the gates of hell. They're like kind of a courtyard. And he had filled them with all these hierarchy demons and everything. And he was going to impress them uh, with the, his tormenting the Son of God. So principalities and powers were sitting like on the front area. And um, and so when Satan came came out and he was Christ, he brought him out. He was got had chains. And uh, there was like a sound. To me, it sounded like lightning. I didn't see lightning come in there. But at one, in one second, everything changed in that court. The demons started running and screaming. They remembered what happened when lightning struck them and took them out of heaven. They remembered that. They began to scream, and uh, Satan kind of stepped back, and Satan began, he held his hands out like this, broke the chains. He held his hands out and fired pronouns, and he melted the faces of the principalities and powers. When I was a little girl, I used to see demons, big demons, and they had their faces melted like cheese. 
they had big socket strain. I mean, I saw this and I'm like, they must have been something really bad. I didn't even consider that might be what happened to them, but he actually melted their faces. The power of his power coming out of him was so great. They couldn't, nothing could bear it in hell. They were running as fast as they could down these pathways that are in hell, running, screaming, screaming, screaming. And the smaller ones were glad they weren't on the front row. Because the ones who got his wrath was the Prince Valleys and Powers and all those. They were, they were screaming. They couldn't see. They were falling on each other. And then he turned to Satan and beat the stew out of him. He beat him. He took every gemstone off of him that was put on him. Go read Ezekiel 28, people. There's a scripture to look up. And it talked about how beautiful uh, that Satan was, uh, Lucifer was made. He had real gemstones on him. Well, well, Jesus took everyone off of him. He sat there and all you could see were, were the things that held the gems, you know, that he placed the gems in and the father made him. He took every gemstone off of him and beat him and left him in the dirt, dust of, of coal, uh, in, in the coals. Satan left him there. And then he reaches down as he's stepping over him. Now, now filled with the glory of God. He's filled with the glory of God. Steps over him and reaches down and takes the keys of hell, death, and the grave from him. It was the last insult he could give him. And then he departed hell. I mean, I mean if, it, if it was ever blown up, it would have from the power of him coming up from there. He came up in the tomb. I, I saw when he came up. and He came up in the tomb. The two angels were left at that tomb the whole time. They were in that tomb the entire time waiting really? on him to return. They knew he would return. So he came in. He didn't need his clothes or his grave clothes. They were left. He already had at that time between there and there. He was dressed, had a beautiful uh, thing on him that he was wearing. Um, but he had the keys. And they were celebrating in that tomb. They were celebrating. So the stone was pushed away, blown away. I don't know how it was, it was open, man. It just rolled. And I didn't know if people know this, but the, the tomb had like um, almost like it wasn't like a train track, but there was like a form of something like stone here and stone here. And that stone had to be fit between that so they could roll it up between these things or it would have fallen off. Yeah. So when it was rolled back, I'm just going to show people this. This thing is this would be like one side. It would be another, and that big stone was in between. This massive big stone was in between those two rails that were there. And so when it moved, it went just, and Christ stepped out. When he stepped out, he stepped into the flower garden. Because this is called the garden tomb for a reason. Flowers were everywhere. They were just beautiful flowers. Even like on the other side of where those rails were filled with flowers. And the first thing he did, besides praising his father, he stepped into that flower garden and he leaned over, began to smell the flower. He loves flowers. That's why it's called the Lily of the Valley and the Rose of Sharon. And that's why his own place in heaven has got five and six foot flowers that sing and worship him all the time at his place. People go, Jesus doesn't have a mansion. He sits on the throne. And sometimes he's on the throne next to his father. Sometimes he's in his own mansion. He lived as a human. When you go home to heaven, you get one, okay? He has one of his own. That's his own. He holds events there. He welcomes people home after they're done with the throne room greeting and seeing the Father for the first time. All that goes on there in the throne, he will take you. Eventually, he'll send a carriage for you and take you in style to his home. And he'll have the prophets there, the disciples there to meet you, to honor what you've done with your life on the earth and just because he loves you. So people don't, you don't have, and that's why it says, I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered in the heart mind of man, but God created for those that love, that he loves, right? Love him, except or unless it's by the spirit. So people, yeah. there you go. You have the ability to be taken. If the spirit of God takes you, if the father takes you, if Jesus takes you and gives you a glimpse of heaven, that's entirely up to them if they do that. But I can just tell you this. They were quite happy those angels when Jesus came back up in there. They did get to escort him home to heaven. They did. And when Mary came around and saw him and he said, you know, don't grab onto me or don't keep me here. He didn't say don't touch me after. He said, don't, don't grab onto me or keep me because I haven't been to my father. I must go to my father and your father, which right. he her to be part of, you know, the bride of Christ. That she's a part of this whole thing now. And he said, I have to go to him first. And in the sky were so many angels. I don't know if she could see them. There were so many angels. 
And there was one angel that came up also out of the tomb. Another angel was carrying a vase that was filled with the blood of Christ. They had collected it from the ground where the cross was. They had collected it off the, the tombstones. Of the, they had collected his blood because it had to be poured out in the mercy seat. And so he left. At that moment, he left. I know at that moment, he did see his father. His father welcomed him home. And he went up and poured his blood on the mercy seat. And I was standing behind Christ. I know they're all going to persecute me, but I could care less. When you've seen God talk to him, it doesn't matter what anybody says. And so I saw him and there would be a word appear on this mercy seat. It could be like, it would be like cancer. It would be any kind of horrible sin. And, and he would pour one drop on that mercy seat and it would go. It covered it and it took it away. So he really has paid the price. No matter how bad you think you've been, it doesn't matter. His blood covers it all. And it's the only one whose blood can set you free, get you born again, receive Christ as your Savior. And I can even tell you, I'll probably put it in book three, what happens at the moment you receive Christ, I'm going to put it in book three. What happens in the spirit realm when you do that? There's things that are done. The Father shows up. The Son shows up. Holy Spirit shows up to see that you have received Christ and there's things that they do and there's things that they put inside of you. The Father put life. The Father puts life in you and your spirit man for the first time has lightning. Lightning, did you say? It's light. 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 Yep. You get a small measure of the glory put in you, in you, when you see the light, the light. It even talks about that in the Bible. So you get that. And of course, he writes your name and then he goes to heaven, writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life that you receive Christ. Your name is actually written in it that you receive it. And there's other things that happen, but some of those you just have to read. Well, I mean, it puts a whole le new level of understanding where it says, Lord, I, apply the I plead the blood of Jesus over these sins and that I've done. And you go, that's what you just, that's what that blood represents. Everything you just said today. That's, right. that's his blood all from the beginning to the end it's that's a whole right. lot more massive of a thing than you said several times on this uh broadcast that you know when people take communion and of course you drink the what represents his blood you said that yes. is a holy thing it is a holy thing yeah it's a holy thing because he even says in the, when he says in the word you drink my blood eat my flesh he's talking about the communion because yeah. it represents his flesh that was crucified and the blood represents the blood that yeah. he had. And I tell people all the time, if you move into a new home and it's been lived in by other people, you take communion in that new home and say, God, we give you this home. We welcome you in this home. We want all any darkness that was deposited here by other people, anything they washed, anything they said, anything they did that was not of you, we want it wiped away by the blood of Christ. And then go outside, save a little of your community, and get outside and serious, pour on the ground of your property and say, we also give this ground to you, Father. We're giving you and dedicating this whole property to you. And we pour out the blood of Christ in the community. We take communion, pour it out on the property to wipe out any sins that have been done on this property. Anything evil or wicked that's been done on this property is wiped away by this communion. And we give you permission to come here and to be here in Jesus' name. It's important. It'll wipe out all kinds of stuff. It don't matter if it's an apartment, where you live, spirits will stay sometimes, and you don't want that in your home. We have done it every place we've ever lived, including this place where now we've done. And you know what I'm what I'm noticing is that you said a fairly simple prayer. Anything that's ever been done that's evil, that's you didn't take two hours to list every sin you could possibly think of that might you just said anything that's been done that's evil, it's covered. And I tell people later than when you come back home, if you've been gone for a while, if you've had other people in there and you don't know anything about them or people have come in and worked on whatever, I'm saying anything. I'm not saying be paranoid about nothing. I'm just saying I cleanse mine every now and then. I'll cleanse it. And what I do is open the front door and I'll say anything wicked or evil in here that either came in, snuck in, brought in, get out in Jesus' name. And fly out the door. I mean, it will just run and scream out the door. Then I'll shut the door and then I'll open the door. I'll go, however, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, the host of heaven, you are welcomed in this home. Anytime you want to come, I give you permission. Wow. 
And right. then I would sometimes just tell the host, walk in here. I'll say, I want 100 of you to walk in here. You walk through the floors, the halls, the doors, the walls. Cleanse anything in the enemy's camp off of these walls, out of this atmosphere. I don't want anything in here that would not be of God. And then I want the host of heaven to sing songs about God, worship him, praise him, make declarations from the word of God, walk through this whole place. And then I feel it everywhere. I feel it everywhere. So. There are ways that you can, if you want to keep yourself for him, we have authority because he has authority, right? Yeah. We have eternity because he has eternity. We become immortal because he is immortal. We have power and authority over the enemy because he has power and authority over the enemy. Don't think that you're without help or hope. There is hope and help in this world. As long as Jesus Christ lives, as long as this earth and the fullness thereof is his, we who belong to him have authority in this earth. We have the right to rule in this earth because he rules. And we're not allowing anything of hell. The manifested sons and daughters that start to appear in this earth will be so amazing. They're, they're still they're alive right now. So I know in this next season we've entered into this era, it's like an era right now. The things that will happen will crush the darkness so much. And people at one point won't really want the darkness. A lot of people won't want it. There's going to be so many mass salvations. Yeah, revival's going to happen. But I keep telling people it's going to be more like the habitation of heaven on this earth. Uh, it's like a revival that doesn't end. It's going to be powerful. Yeah, so, so, so good. Well, Kat, so powerful. I don't want to muck it up with any more of my words. That's just good stuff right there. You just... Uh, do you feel like praying for the people and blessing them? I know a whole lot of people have been encouraged to hear this. It's a combination yeah. of teaching, but more than teaching, it's a significant revelation from heaven. So, yeah, go ahead and pray whatever God gives you, if you will. Father, just pray for everybody mm. watching God, everybody watching, anybody, even now or later, God. Yeah. Mm. Pray. The Spirit of God begin to pursue them, begin to draw them, Father. I pray for them if they're going through things. If they have fear, don't let fear interfere. If you're born again, you've not been given a fear of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So if you start to get afraid, start saying, no, I have, I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Yes, you know, Lord. the enemy doesn't have any right to you unless you begin to play in the darkness and you don't want that. So God, I pray for anyone who's gone off the pathway who's strayed, God, who's got involved with darkness, God, that it be obliterated from them. I command the host of heaven to go forth, find those who really want help, who need help, find people who need help, whether it's food, whether it's a dwelling place, whether it's to know God himself. I thank you for helping them. I thank you for helping them to know where they belong. In Jesus' name, I thank you for opening doors. 2024. Yeah. The year of God's open door. And that's what he says to me, the year of my open door is what God says. So many doors are about to open. You've never thought possible. Your lives are about to change. Father, I just pray over them. Healing and wholeness by his stripes, you were healed in Jesus' name. He gave his life for you on Calvary. Yeah. He poured out his life. He was bruised and abused so that you wouldn't have to be. Yeah, he cares about you. He does love you. He wants you to know him. Want you to know him? He's a God who is aware of what it feels like to be tormented, to be mm. abused, hurt, to have pain, and yet He was willing to do it for all of us, even before mm -hmm. He was, He died for you. So I thank you, Father, right now that this prayer will be heard in heaven, and that help will be sent for all those people who are now praying and seeking help. I thank you, God, for giving them help, giving them wholeness and healing in their body and wellness in their body. Encourage mm. them. Bring hope. Bring encouragement, Father. Let your spirit go to their homes, to their jobs, in their cars. Let them know that you are real, Father. That you do care. That you are willing to give your son. And I thank you for that. And I praise you in spirit and in truth, Father. That they will know the truth because the truth makes them free. In Jesus' holy name, we kick the devil in the butt to the curb. Under our feet is where he belongs in Jesus' holy name. Praise him for all he's done. He is worth it. And you will have eternity with him. And the most great, wonderful place you could have ever imagined until he makes the new earth. And that's going to be even better. In Jesus' holy name, I declare to be so. Let it be so. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. So good, Kat. So good. Talk about your website. I think do you still have the two websites? We still have two websites. There's we have one right there. We have catper.com, revealingheaven.com, and where you can see our products and the stores that represent heaven on this earth. And I always like to show the cup. I love this cup. It starts conversations everywhere. It does say, I don't do demons right there. And I think the next time I'll show you the doormat. <laughs> we have made doormats. The father said the first new product he wanted us to release this year was a doormat that said, I don't do demons. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Any of you watching Robin from time to time, especially when he's in a public meeting, he's got, I don't do demons. One of your pens on that. So, so yeah. he's, he's great. You've been there to his place a couple of times. Perhaps you two or three times yeah, or so. Uh, he and his wife and I, what we will be doing, of course, we're doing the cruise in July. In July, we're doing the Royal Caribbean cruise where he will be on there speaking. Awesome. Of oh, wow. Is that full now? Is that cruise full? I don't know if it is full yet. People can check. Well, anyone that just heard that, go to heavenlycruises.com. Yeah. And look for July with Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock. That's right. Uh, right there. And But get in now if, you, if, you, if there's any room. I, it may be full, so. It, it, I don't know. I haven't heard back from them yet. It's, it's been a while. I've checked back regularly, but we're still discussing the Alaskan cruise in September. We'll do a Royal Caribbean cruise in September that I will be on. And some of my family will be there. Some of my staff will be on there. But I think some of those are probably still available. And That's it's in good. September, so it's not normally not Arctic in September, but sometimes you can see the northern flight. Yeah. And then you think of the, the rainbow that comes from the father. It's not a stagnant rainbow like this. It moves in and out of him. Yeah, that seems that. more like a, a creator God. That things are just every, every, It's a new creation every few seconds. So yes. All right. Well, Cat, good. Thank you so much. Catcur.com. That's the one where people can donate into your ministry is through that yes. one place, right? Nowhere yes. else. You you never DM direct message anybody. There's no other place. <laughs> I don't have any other place. There's no other place just on Catcar, I think it's, they, it was called the Treasury at one time you clicked on there. And you can do it on a regular basis, become a guardian. It's called the Guardian Zone. And um, and we do appreciate anybody who prays for us, who gives, you know, uh, you're helping to give heaven coming, being just described and shown in this earth. And we have a lot of new products. We're going to have a lot of new stuff out this year. This is a God year. It's really a God year. It's going to be fun, fun, fun to go through it. Okay, I remind everybody, Jane Hammond will be with us in the morning at 11. Jane and her husband uh, were at, also at Robin's place not that long ago, helping yeah. dedicate more things to their church. I don't know if it's at the one-year anniversary or close to it. They yeah. came and prophesied into them, so she's a good friend as well. Yeah. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks again, Kat. God bless you, and we'll see you all in the morning. Bye-bye. Blessing. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.